0: Thank you for listening to the Habits & Hustle podcast made possible by our friends at True TrueNiogen. So I've been a huge fan of True TrueNiogen for years and I'm excited to share that I've recently began partnering with them. I literally don't miss a day taking it and think if you're only going to take one supplement, this is the one. And here's why, with of course, a little bit of added science lesson for you. Our bodies produce a molecule called NAD, which is critical for cellular energy and repair, but the levels sadly decline as we age. A nutrient that can help increase our NAD is a form of vitamin B3 called nicotamide robicide, that's a mouthful, or otherwise known as NR. The most efficient way to get this is with a supplement like triniogen because it's the best NAD precursor. True Niagen helps support our bodies against everyday stressors that can damage our cells like overeating, drinking, or staying up too late. In my opinion, no one is too young to take it. I wish I had known about this in my early thirties because I would have been all over it. What's most amazing is that True Niagen is backed by 18 clinical trials and has the endorsements of two Nobel prize winning scientists. Go check it out at trueniagen.com. That's trueniagen, T-R-U-N-I-A-G-N. And we have a special offer for new customers to receive 20% off orders of $100 or more using the code HUSTLE20. Definitely run, don't walk, to scoop them up today.
1: Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits & Hustle, crush
0: it. Today on the podcast, we have my dear friend, Lisa Bilyeu. Lisa is the co-founder of the billion-dollar company, Quest Nutrition, and the co-founder and president of Impact Theory. Lisa has become one of the most influential voices in the personal development world. Her mission is to empower all women to become the heroes of their own lives, which she explores as the host of her super popular YouTube show, Women of Impact. The show features women who have overcome incredible hardship to achieve massive success. And Lisa and her work have been showcased in countless media outlets, including Forbes, Business Insider, Success Magazine, and the list goes on. Now Lisa has written her first book called Radical Confidence, which is 10 No BS Lessons on Becoming the Hero of Your Own Life. Lisa tells the story how she went from housewife to this mega mogul and really talks honestly with a lot of humor of her whole evolution. Please listen to this podcast. It was uh, very raw and very honest, and I'm sure you can glean something because, well, I hope you can always glean something from the podcast, but please leave me a comment, a review. Let me know what your thoughts are. Enjoy. Enjoy. This is going to be a fun podcast today because I have my friend with me. I have Lisa Bill Yu who wrote a very good book called Radical Confidence. This is what you're like, what you've been like on 574 podcasts. This is like number 575. (laughs) No, this is the special one, homie. This is the special And here's
1: the thing, we were just saying off camera though, like, isn't it a beautiful world when you can make decisions in your life that end up leading you to a point here where I can sit here as my work to hang out with one of my homies. So true. Like I am. Yeah. So thank
0: you for having me. No, I'm so happy to have you. And like, like I'm saying like uh, this, it doesn't feel like work. And I feel like when I even re- read your book, I feel so connected because I know a lot of these stories, but to be honest, you went so deep into a lot of these things mm. that I don't even know I know a little bit of them, but I've learned so much and you did a really nice job. Thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome. For a first book person, you did an author, you're you're awesome. Oh, oh thanks. No, it's <laughs> great. And then, so in your mind, what is your definition of radical confidence?
1: So girl, people literally would say to me, I'm oh like, where'd you get your confidence from, Lisa? Where'd you get your confidence? And it didn't feel real. It's like, who the hell are they talking to? Right. They can't be talking to me. It must be someone standing behind me. <laughs> like, because... You know, when you're alone and you're by yourself, how you feel about yourself. And I didn't feel confident. I have, I still have a negative voice in my head that wants to tell me I'm no freaking good. Like even like a year and a half ago when this literary agent first reached out to me and offered me the book deal, the first words out of my mouth was, who would buy a book from me? So that's where I started to really assess what are people missing that they think I'm confident? And what I realized was that they just see me move forward. They see me show up. They see me stand in front of the camera. They see me going on stage. They see me writing a book. But what they don't see is the radical confidence, which means I'm freaking scared. I'm petrified. I know I'm not actually any good. Like to go in and say I can write a book is naive because I've never written a book before. So I went in very unprepared, like I didn't have a skill set on how to write a book. But I don't let that stop me. So what I did, radical confidence, is coming up with a way that you can show up even when you're petrified. Having a toolbox of things that you can turn to in moments where you feel petrified, in moments where you're walking into a room. And let's say there's 10 other people way more experienced than you. Some people find that so fearful they won't even walk into the room. And so the book really does break down, guys, I feel like this almost on the freaking daily. But I don't let it stop me. And so here's a bunch of tools. And it's 10 lessons that, you know, so 10 tools that you can use in moments of failure when you fall to your knees. What do you do? How do you get back up? When you're so petrified, what do you do? When you have no skill set, and the voice in your head is actually right and saying, you don't know what you're doing. And she's right. Maybe you don't know what you're doing. But how do you not let that stop you? That's radical confidence.
0: No, I love it. And you said you just said said it now, and it's also in the book. And I I believe in this that you know people always think that the confidence is the end result. That's mm-hmm. the end game, but it's actually not the end game. That's just part. Like you need to do shit yeah. to get that confidence, right? Yeah. So people are waiting and waiting for themselves to have confidence to then f- to do whatever they want to do. But that's how confidence really kind of equals confidence, exactly. right?
1: So Dennis. that's actually the first thing that I say to people when yeah. people are like I really want your confidence and I'm like okay pause there you want confidence to do what and they'll kind of like look at me for a second and they'll like, well, say what do you mean I was like well what do you want to do with your confidence it's like oh well I want to you know go for that job I've always wanted I want to change the career I want to tell my parents I no longer want to freaking study science and I want to be a stand up comedian like people want the confidence in order to do something yep. and that's where I was for eight years I was supporting my husband as a stay at home wife I cleaned up I cooked. And that's all I did because I was waiting for something to happen. I was waiting for when, when we had the money, when we had the time, when we had the energy, when I had the confidence and that when may
0: never come. Absolutely. You know, it's because I think this is what happens. You said it also, we get stuck for many reasons, right? But our background, you and I were talking about this before about something else, but like, where we, how we grew up, like what are the, the expectations mm. that people put on us. So then we feel like we have to kind of follow a certain path, not the path that we want. And then life happens and you get stuck. Yeah. And you talk, that's happened to you, like, you know, you're Greek and you have your family and that's what they expected. How were you able to kind of break that fear avenge like you because it's like baby steps right Mm -hmm. nothing just happens but like can you just talk a little bit people who don't know like a little bit about your background and how you were able to figure out like all these little things that kind of equal the toolbox I guess
1: yeah go this this actually haunts me because I don't know how to it's not that I don't know how to. When I was stuck for eight years, I didn't realize I was stuck. Right. That's my. most people feel that right. way. Yes. And so in writing the book, I've really tried to piece out how I can use certain things to for other people to identify where they are. Because to your point, I believed that, that serving my husband, and when I say serving, I mean feeding, him, You know, cooking dinner and cleaning and stuff like that was part of what my future was going to look like in a way. So even though I lost all my hopes, I lost all my dreams, I lost myself, who I was, I didn't really question it because it I fell into who I thought I would become in a way. And so it's, in hindsight, it's what I call purgatory of the mundane. Yeah. So how many people do you know hit rock bottom? And that's when they change their lives, right? Magic happens when so many people say, well, I've got nothing else to lose. It's heartbreaking, so I don't want to, like, you know, obviously dismiss the heartbreak of being at rock bottom, but it can be beautiful. It can be a catalyst for a lot of people to get out. But for me, I didn't hit rock bottom. I had a month. Oh, I was fine. How are you doing, Lisa? I'm all right. Mm-hmm. How's life? Fine. I'm all right. You know, good. And is that the life we all want? Fine. Good. Whatever. Like, it's like I used it as a thing to just get by. Yeah. And what I realized that I was doing is... Every time I would feel badly about myself, every time I would even think that whisper, you know that whisper in your head mm-hmm. where you, like, you don't really want to li- listen to her, but yeah. you, she's still there. That whisper's coming in that's like, maybe you're not happy, Lisa. I tried to distract myself. You tried to shut that voice out. And so, so many of my distractions became very unhealthy distractions. Um, it's what I call in the book, like the squirrel, you know, the dog, mm-hmm. like in the movie, where it's like the squirrel comes out, squirrel. Um you know, and so it's like, how do you kill the squirrels? How do you eliminate the distractions so you can actually look at the life you want and then maybe acknowledge that maybe you're in purgatory the mundane? But for me, because I didn't hit rock bottom, I kept saying every time I, that whisper would come in, I'd say to myself, well, how ungrateful am I to say that I'm unhappy when I have a husband that loves me? How ungrateful am I to say that I want to be quote unquote happy when I have a roof over my head? Right, right. And so, I, in moments of sadness, I use gratitude of like, oh my god, is this my life? But you have a husband that loves you. Okay, now I feel better. And yet, what kept me there for eight years was every time I would say I'm unhappy, that voice then turned into but how ungratefully you. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is you can be head over heels, freaking in love with some parts of your life and utterly miserable and unhappy in other parts. And you have every freaking right to ask for a better life on the things that don't serve you or that doesn't make you happy.
0: Right. And I think also, I don't think everyone necessarily, the majority of people are not hitting rock bottom. Right. I think the majority of people are in the middle. They're Mm -hmm. like, happy enough they're complacent they're they're exactly what you said where Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. so i think that would resonate a lot with a lot of people because when i read that also it's like yeah that it's much easier to shift and change when you are at rock bottom Mm -hmm. it's way harder when you are kind of like doing okay And then it's the guilt though. It's like, well, you justify. Well, you know, like I do, like you said, I do have that roof over my head. I'm like, how, you know, I have a, I am married to a great guy. And then like that stops the start, right? Cause Mm -hmm. then you think, oh God, like I'm just, then you justify it. And then you just kind of distract yourself and then you move on. Mm -hmm. So what was it for you that, what was that like pivotal moment when you're like, I'm not going to let this distract me and keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to actually like, listen to this and kind of move in that direction that i want
1: yeah so this is what haunts me because quest came along and so i think to myself what if quest never came along right so we were originally the reason why i ended up being a stay-at-home wife was me and my husband wanted to make movies we both had really bad experiences on film sets and we're like let's just make our own money shouldn't be too hard boy. <laughs> <laughs> like well, let's just make our own money and then we can make our own movies and now we've got the dream life so we just read an article um where Steve Jobs talks about he just wore the same black shirt all the yeah, time yeah, because yeah. you can only make a certain amount of decisions in your life. So we came up with the, we thought it was a genius plan. All right, babe, you're going to go out and you're going to do this entrepreneurship thing, right? It's like, this is 2003 or whatever. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Gosh. So, but so it was like... Entrepreneurship,
0: there was not really a name back then. It, of wasn't, like, a, it wasn't like a whole. Now it's no, become it's so yeah. it's like the hot trendy thing. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. It's entrepreneurship is an entire industry. Yeah. People who are you know hustling and doing and going. But back then. There was no such thing. No, there yeah. was no such thing. It's so it crazy. Was
1: kind of like, so to your point, I don't even think we use the word entrepreneur. You're probably right. It's like, we'll just go out and make our own money. Yeah. So having seen this article, we're like, we play this game, no bullshit, what would it take? I love that. Thank you. I saw that. That was so good. Thank you. So the no bullshit, what would it take game is saying, what is your dream? What is the goal? Right. And without emotion, just ask yourself what it will take to actually get there. Once you've laid out the plan of what it will take to get there, then you can just ask yourself if you're willing to do it or not because that's also the other thing some people and once you lay out the plan they're like oh i'm not willing to do that and isn't that the most magical thing you can like conclusion you can come to because now you're not beating yourself up in five years from now the fact that you didn't get to your goal you can actually say five years from now oh yeah i saw what it would take for me to get to my goal and i made the conscious decision not to do it so the no bullshit war would it take game i would advise every single person to play game. every time you got a goal um so we played the no bullshit. What would it actually take for Tom to earn enough money so that we could make movies? And so he'd met these two entrepreneurs at the time. And they're like, come work with us. We'll build a tech Where company. Where did he meet these guys, by the um, way? At, a f- at film school. So Tom was oh, teaching at a film school. Gotcha. yeah. These guys came in as just like, Temporary students, he met them. They were very impressed with Tom. They're like, we want to make movies too. Why don't you come along with us and we'll get rich together and we'll make movies together. Right. So it seemed like, the you know, like, oh, sure, like <laughs>
0: yes, that will work. Um, and naivety though, that is great. It like propels people. It does. We, we, the more you know, sometimes the worse it is. But That's anyway, so true. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love that you said
1: that. So we then said, okay, well, what would it take for Tom to go and join these guys and really try and go all in on making enough money? Right. So it was like, okay, number one, we'll have to move because they live in Marina del Rey so number one we'd have to move and um, because they lived in Marina del Rey and we lived far so for for Tom not to waste time commuting because those are hours that he could actually be putting into building the business so we actually ended up moving we timed our time literally we timed from their place to our place as we were looking for an apartment to rent because we said okay seven minutes seven minutes feels about like right and like it's not a waste of time anything more than seven minutes is like really you could be doing work so we literally would look at all these rental apartments and we would how long it took us from the rental place to their place this is why you play the no bullshit what would it take game because you need to see what it will take to actually go all in and so part of that was i would take care of everything else because steve Jobs said only if you're trying to you know run a business make really big decisions you need to eliminate all the other small decisions that don't make any sense in your life like, like what, the busy work like yes the busy work like what color shirt are you wearing who freaking cares yeah right exactly so, so tom and i pinky swore and i said cool babe i'm gonna take care of everything else you don't have to make one decision outside of work not one i will do everything else and i felt good about it i was like it's only for a year you, you know I, I will call myself president of bill you enterprises right and i was like this is this feels good now, what happened is I have a belief system that eventually I will be a stay at home. I will be a wife and a mother. And so after that first year, of course, you know, we all know it's not easy to make money. So Tom kept coming home every year. Babe, I just need another year. I just need another year. I just need another year. And I had adopted the, I. That I was the supportive wife and the identity of that. And so every time he would come home, I would dismiss how I felt. This isn't on my husband. My husband's the most caring, loving husband in the world. You're very
0: clear about that. I just want people to know that,
1: you know. It was me. I wasn't speaking up. I have every opportunity to tell him, no, babe, I don't want to do this for another year. And I never did. And I look back now and I say, why? And it was because I was taught as a young girl my whole life that eventually I would be a wife and a mother. So every time he would come home, I would just say yes. Now, this comes back to how I got like the purgatory of the mundane. The voice in my head kept saying, don't worry, we'll make movies when we'll do this when my husband's happy. We'll make movies when we have enough money. And that when, what happens if it never comes? And what happened was it wasn't coming and we were miserable. And in that misery, it got to the point when my husband was coming home and I joke, but it's like hashtag joke, no joke. You know, it was like my own personal fight club. It's like he would come home and he's like, rule number one, don't ask me about my day. Rule number two, don't ask him about his day. And so- I said, okay, what are we doing now? We've given up everything, we have working really hard for this dream, but the stream now has got lost. The stream went from, we're gonna make movies, we're gonna make enough money to make movies. And now it's turned into, we just need to make money. So what happened? And so eventually I basically said to him, babe, right, I don't care about money. We, at that point we'd earn about, about a couple of million dollars in shares in the tech company he was building in, for eight years. Right? before it was even Quest. Uh, this was before Quest. Yeah, yeah. Like before this yeah. was like the yes. company that yes. preceded yes. Quest. Yes, so this yeah. was the catalyst. I said, yeah. I don't care about money. I don't care that we've just spent eight years. Because how many of us, and this is what I was doing. This is how I got to the eight years in the first place. Said after year six, well, I've got to keep going. I've just dedicated six years. I have to keep going. Right. And honestly, I want to punch myself in the face because that is heartbreaking. That I would rather spend more of my life in unhappiness because I don't want to feel badly about the six years I've already spent in unhappiness. Yeah. Like my mindset now wants to scream at myself because it doesn't make sense, but that absolutely was what I was saying.
0: But it's also because there's fear behind it. People are afraid of the unknown. That's true, right? they're yeah. more comfortable with the devil they know, yeah. versus the devil they, they don't, don't know, yeah. right? So that's the thing. Like you have to kind of get yourself into a place where that mind, sh- that that you're, you you kind of reframe how you see things. Mm, that's true, right? Yeah. So how? So then what happens? So I
1: literally said to Tom, I don't care about money anymore. We've gone off course. Like, what is life about? Like, I need you to be happy. Like, I that's what that was kind of, it yeah. see? It wasn't even about my, my happiness. It was about his happiness. It was about his happiness. Right. And I said, babe, you need to be happy. Like, you quit. I'm, like, this is now actually impacting our marriage. And I always said, I will follow you. You're ambitious. I love you. Let's go. Let's freaking, you know, try anything. The only thing I'll never risk is my relationship with you, period. Right. And so he went in to quit to his business partners, and they admitted they were miserable too. So then it was like, okay, what would we do for the rest of our lives that we actually loved? And that's where Quest idea was born. Now, I was still the supportive wife. Right. So Tom comes home. He's like, oh, babe, so we're putting up the house for collateral. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, but again, I, I knew I could get another house. I can't get another husband. Right. And I knew who I married. I knew he was ambitious. So I'm very dedicated to that. So we're like, cool, great, let's do it. And he's like, but we, we have to sell this tech company before we can transition full time into this other protein bar company. And because I was a supportive wife, babe, how can I help out? She's like, oh, just ship a couple of boxes from your living room floor. She's like, okay. And he's like, you know, when we are at work, if you don't mind measuring some ingredients, you know, and then we would rent kitchens on the weekends and in the evenings. And we literally were making bars by hand with rolling pins and knives with his business partners. And so I'm just standing there going, I'm a good supportive wife, whatever my husband needs. And what I didn't expect
0: is that company would grow at 57,000%. Oh, my God. It was insane. But it's a big far cry from a tech company to a protein bar company. Yeah. Like, how did, like, who came up with that? Like, that? It was those three. So like, wait, why? Where they think
1: of? Like, basically, why? the the notion was instead of chasing money, which isn't bringing us happiness, right. What would we be able to chase every day and feel good about it? Great. Okay. And it was about a mission. Great. What is their missions? Tom's. And my family have had a lot of weight issues. Tom's mum and sister morbidly obese. Right. And he is literally, he gets worried about the fact that they're going to die early. So he's like, babe, you want to know something I can get up every day and fight for? It's my mum and my sister. That's what yeah. quest meant to him. And so for me, it was my same with my mum. I grew up with my mum was borderline anorexic and then like literally swung in the opposite direction and became bored, you know, um,
0: clinically obese. I know. I want to talk about all yeah. the food stuff that you dealt with with all this yeah. stuff. but you said uh, something So on. that was basically the mission and that's where it pivoted. But I want you to say something that I think is really important. There's a difference between a mission and a goal. And Ooh, I think yeah. people get confused, uh, right? Yes. So tell us what you think. What is the difference in your mind between a mission and a goal? Okay. So I think it has to start with a mission. What is that thing that pulls at your heartstrings that
1: when you are on the ground, when you failed, let's say you've failed royally. Let's even say you failed royally in public. Everyone has seen it. How the hell do you get back up? You have to have way more than just like, oh, I want money. I want a nicer house. Like, that doesn't freaking get you out of bed, right? Like When you're feeling really down, that isn't a motivator. Right. And so what is that thing that pulls you at your heartstrings? That's the thing. So every time I feel badly about myself, every time Tom felt badly about himself, every time we fell, it was, we were all reminding ourselves about the actual people we were helping. That's the mission. Like if I get up today, if I overcome this insecurity, I could help my mum. I could help that anorexic girl right now that is out there not wanting to eat calories. And by me getting up today and helping make a Quest bar, I'm now changing her life and I'm potentially changing how she perceives food. That's a freaking mission. That's a mission. Yes. And what's a goal? Then a goal. That's just. An abstract, like right? A, that's more of like an umbrella, Correct. right? Yeah. Now, let's say that's your mission. Let's just say you want to help people on their weight journey right. as a as a mission. Well, there's different. There's many different ways you can do that. You can create your own company like Quest Nutrition. You could work in sales for a health food company, right? It's still you're still making sales. Right. You're helping people get on that path. So now you have to say, what's the goal? What's the thing that fills you up on a daily basis? So, let's say for instance, um my right, let me t- give you real time. My mission is to uh, create content that is going to impact a 14-year-old girl to believe in herself so she doesn't have to spend the next 20 years unwiring the negative mindset I had. So that's my mission. It's very succinct. I know the who, it's the 14-year-old girl. It's the why, so she doesn't feel badly about herself like I did. And I know the how, it's through creating content. Right? right? So I've got my mission. I know how I'm going to go about it. And now how do I set goals so that I know I'm walking working towards the mission? So the goal is the how? The goal is the, yes, it is the how. So let's say creating content. Yep. But now the goal is, okay. So let's just say I live in a world where I'm like, oh, I'm creating content to impact girls. Well, how do I know if I've actually done it or not? So now I go, okay, mm-hmm. my goal is by the end of this year, so let's, let's say in the next six months, I'm going to create five different pieces of video content that is aimed at 14-year-old girls. I'm also going to provide an ex- instructional manual that goes along with those. Great. Now you've got your goal. Your goal aligns with your mission. You're creating content you're doing a workbook that helps a 14 year old but you know how much and by when you need the freaking deadline yeah. and you know the what you need that so you got to have that or else you're just aimless also we convince ourselves yeah right? it's like oh no i got it it's like but i am so because i can get in my head because my mind said but lisa you really gonna do that like who do you think you are you're gonna embarrass yourself that can get in the way. right? And so okay. now, but if I have a goal and I've written out what that goal is step by step by step, it becomes binary. Did I do it? Yes or no. That's it. Did I create the content? Yes or no. It may not have impacted people. I may have sent it out and maybe five people watched it. All right, well, I'm still on my mission. Yeah. I'm not saying I have to have gotten into the mission to help 14 but I've set a goal that aligns with that mission. And now every time I, let's say I mess up on a video, that can be ego bruising. But having a goal, going, well, at least you still got four more to do. Right, you
0: right, You just promised right.
1: yourself your goal was five. And now, instead of getting emotional, instead of getting in my own head about, oh, my God, should I really press record on the second one? I was really bad. Maybe I shouldn't. I get out of my own head because I've created a whole, like, actionable task list, mm-hmm. actionable goals by deadlines yep. that all feed into the mission.
0: And that's why I think it's really important to, to separate those two, right? Yeah. And then yes. they dovetail each other yes. really nicely. but. You know, and you say, you talk a lot about this in the book. And again, I I agree. It's about uh, those negative thoughts that stop you Mm -hmm. too, right? Because if you make that content, for example, and you don't like it, you're going to say, oh, I'm a loser. I don't know how to make Mm -hmm. content. What am I going to do? But what your approach is, and I think it's very valuable, is you don't let that negativity stop you. You let it kind of motivate you. Yeah. In a way. I only did it because it used to stop me. Well, yeah. And it was like, can, it stops I swear, everybody. can I swear
1: on this podcast? I can't remember. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I can watch I can be polite. I can, you don't have to be polite. Like, <laughs> not here. <laughs> so I call her the bitch in my head because she's not very nice to me. Yeah. And so many people, so many people would say to me, but Lisa, be nice. Wow, you really talk mean to yourself. And I was like, okay, like I feel bad. So I'm like, okay, well, let me talk nice to myself. And I couldn't. So now I just started feeling worse about myself because I couldn't stop the negative voice. Yeah. So now it just becomes a double whammy. So I was like, well, okay, well, if I can't like perspective, how can I see this as maybe a plus? Right. So I really, I like sat back. I was like, okay, you know what? Your friends, you trust your friends to be honest with you, right? To maybe tell you the hard thing. In fact, your partner. Tom, if I told my husband, babe, I really want to achieve this. And he sees me not acting in accordance to me saying what I want to achieve. He would come to me because he loves me and tell me the truth. Right. And what he would say to me is, babe, I know you said you wanted this, but what you're not doing it. Right. He's going to tell me where I'm going wrong. And I want that. I was like, what if your negative voice was like that? It's a kind friend, actually yeah. just pointing out all the things I'm doing wrong. So it's like, instead of trying to be mean to her back and like fight her, let me put my arm around her, invite her in for a cup of tea. Let me <laughs> listen to what my homie's trying to tell me. Right? And it. so I was like, how do I switch? The so words matter. Okay, I used to call her the bitch in my head. Now, oh, what if she was my BFF? Even just saying that changes the way I feel about her. All right, BFF. All right, my homie, what are you trying to tell me? And so the first time I got in front of the camera, she literally was so mean. She was like, you're terrible. What the hell? Don't you ever do that again? You're not even close to being nice, Tom. You literally embarrassed yourself. This is what the negative voice is saying. So I'm like, okay. Right now, if I listen to her, I'm done. I'm never getting in front of the camera again, but I have a mission. So I understand what my mission is. And I have to. Un- I understand that I've got two choices. I can let my ego get in the way or I can keep moving forward. And now it comes to what's more important, your ego or your goal. Yeah. And in that moment, you just got to ask yourself. So when I asked myself that question, the answer was my goal. So it's like, great. Okay. So I know my ego right now has no place for it. So I have to listen to her. Tell me everything I did, wrong. she's Like, oh my God, did you see how you introed that in that in that um interview? It was terrible. You had no understanding of how you're going to do your outro. Lisa, you were really fidgety. Right? So I literally just let my freaking negative voice run yeah, wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as she started to run wild, I was like, maybe she's right. And so she was like, Lisa, your intro was terrible. Maybe she's right. Let me re-watch her. And I rewatched and I was like, oh yeah, she's terrible. Okay, great. Now, the amazing thing about your friends is they're giving you a warning. So I'm like, all right, so how do I get better? You better freaking prepare so you don't embarrass yourself again. Great, now I have an actionable thing that I've listened to my negative voice. She's now helped me. So now the critic has become a coach. She's literally told me all the things that I've done wrong, but she's helping me get better. And so now I've literally turned my kryptonite into my superpower.
0: Yes, I and mean, you love those superheroes. I do. I, I do. Know. I love it. <laughs> no, like I was, you know, Lisa. Whenever I see Lisa, I always get a superhero um, yeah, present. Do. And today she took her socks off and gave them to me because they were Wonder Woman. Because I was a horrible friend and couldn't believe that I I
1: bought you food. You brought I did me bring me you food. Bars, I did bring always. you bars. I do. I do. But I didn't bring you something superhero. And I was like, I, know. I just put on my my clean Wonder Woman socks on. I was like, I'm going to give you my socks. And you're like, you're not giving me. And I was like, yes, I am. And I, I, I took, am, took them by you my, the way. Yeah, I appreciate. Because like,
0: why wouldn't I, right? I don't there even go. care if they're dirty, not dirty. Cause that, that's like, it's like, I'm a pal it's like Pavlov dog, you know? Like, oh, like I'm so used so to you I walking you in, so much. you know, you give me the slippers, I took the slippers, even <laughs> the necklace, now it's the, it's the socks. Yeah. And so next time I see you, I'm going to be wearing those socks. There you go. Um, no, I love that. Uh, but you know, you're lucky in the sense that you have a lot of drive, right? Like mm-hmm. you are actually even a perfectionist. Like you are, you, you, your work ethic, you don't stop until it's, and this is part of the success, right? Like, were you always this driven though? And this much of a, like, you don't care about how many hours you put in. Mm. It's kind of like par for the course. Um,
1: so yes and no. It's, okay. I've always been, if you give me a task to do, even when I was a kid. Yeah. I'll, I, I I had to have OCD, like the, um, it has to be perfect. Yes. And, um. I'm not saying that as a compliment, though. I It sometimes absolutely serves me, and it sometimes becomes detrimental. Yeah. So it's like obviously became very much served me in my career and then utterly detrimental in my health because I told myself, hey, Lisa, you don't want to get fat, so don't eat fat or carbs. And I was like, okay, because I'm a perfectionist and I'm an OCD, it was very easy for me to not, and that's where a lot of my health issues came from. But with the business where I'm like, all right, Lisa, this is what it's going to take to be in business – I can I do it, and then obviously there's the results. But that doesn't mean the results are always going to come no matter how hard you work. So that's where I go to, the success isn't guaranteed, but the struggle is. So now if you're going to struggle at something, do something that you freaking love. So that's why now, because I spent eight years doing something that I freaking hated, and I still poured my heart into it, I just promised myself I'd never do that again. And so now that I have found myself, found business, love what I do, you're Right. it's like, I will give myself the grace to do it up until I don't like it anymore. And, you know, that's kind of because I never want to do something anymore that doesn't fill my heart up, but it is my personality
0: to go all in. So then talk about this because I, you know, it's in your book about, I call it disordered eating just because, were, were were you anorexic or were you bulimic or were you somewhere in the middle? What was your... Like, what was your thing that kind of, because of the perfectionism Mm. and also the distraction, right? What was the reason actually that you became, what would you call it?
1: Um... I, I, I wouldn't call it anorexic, but I definitely had an eating disorder. I mean, it wasn't. Right, that's what yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, disorder for sure. You ate. It wasn't,
0: yes. So very, this, very regimentedly, though.
1: Yeah. So this is where culture comes into play. Yeah. I love my Greek culture. So this is not, I literally love them. But Greek women can be brutal. Um, and when I say that, they can, they'll literally, no shame, call you fat to your face. Yeah, I'm sure. They're literally like, oh, well, you know you're so fat you'll never have a baby. Like, they'll actually say that to your face with no shame. (laughs) With no shame. So growing up, I heard women calling each other fat or like, oh my God, haven't I mean, you've put on weight. Now here's what's interesting. If the guy puts on 30 pounds, right. it's like, oh my God, your wife takes good care of you. Right. Totally. There's such a double standard. Double standards for yeah. sure. But look, I own my own response, like my own actions. So I saw this growing up. I saw that my mum was borderline anorexic. I then saw my sixth. 16-year-old sister at the time who was very popular, go on one of those diet shakes. Mm-hmm. So I saw the impression, the understanding I had. What were you, by the way? What size were you? I was were super you? skinny. You were, so you grew up super skinny. I grew up skinny. super skinny. And then at the age of 16, oh. as you start to blossom, I started to put on weight. And of course, not in the places I really wanted to. Right. And so that's where it's like, I was given accolades for being skinny, mm-hmm. right? By all the women that the older generation, it's like, oh, you can eat whatever you want, you're skinny. Right. I then started to change. My family, again, being very Greek, didn't shy away from telling me. It's like, oh, guys, you can't eat what you, or whatever you want anymore. Now, I was bullied when I was younger. And so I finally got my first boyfriend, all
0: while this was happening. What were you bullied for? I know you're right about the bullying. Oh, yeah,
1: Just my big nose, I had the unibrow like one of those like you know real yeah, the yeah. Greek things yeah. um I had a head brace that wrapped all the way around the head, with the the band, the elastic bands in the mouth, with the the metal. Um, it's like and then John I had Hughes a news film, yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. a sixteen
0: candle. You know what I mean? Oh my god, I love it! You just said <laughs> that, girl. You Do just you remember? My heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! know, I, could, I just think of like that it movie. Is so yeah, bad. it's like the like the or like the nerves. Yeah, probably yeah. the nerves or all of those yeah, old yes. movies. But it, I think we all were like that. We, but, you know, like. I th- and here's
1: the thing. I do wonder how much other people have gone through the same thing and it just never hit them, right? Right. But, like, I felt extremely insecure. Um, I was teased from my lurks. I wasn't... My brother and sister were, were born... Um, very naturally talented when it came to like maths and science mm-hmm. and I really struggled and so when you're sitting around the dining table and my dad would just throw out math quizzes and so I wouldn't know and my brother and sister would I'm now like getting teased for my looks my sister's very right. popular my brother was very popular so now all girls were only talking to me because they fancied my brother boys were oh, talking to me right. because they fancied my sister and here I was getting teased and bullied so I just had low self-esteem and so All of that then made me think as I was getting older, well, if I want to be liked, if I want to still get the external validation, which I think so many of us look for, I don't realize. That's social media is right. That is social media,
0: external validation. Our culture has become... All that—that's like the number one priority now. We don't even have real relationships mm-hmm. anymore. It's all like who likes my picture and use this filter because I look better, and we want people saying all sorts of things. Yeah. So I feel like, and that's why I cover that in one of the, in yeah. the chapters.
1: Like validation is for parking. Yeah. Because we I all seek that. external validate, and not we all I don't want to blanket statement. that,
0: but that's true. Most we, of us do.
1: And. And that's exactly what I did, right? So I was looking for external validation. I saw it in my boyfriend, who was my first boyfriend, and he was the one that was pinching my thigh, kind of saying, oh, you you know, you better watch it. And so I felt to be accepted, to be loved, I had to be as skinny as possible. So the first thing I thought of, or not thought of, but heard that people did, which is terrible, was, oh, stick your finger down your throat. So I, I just, I literally just didn't even think about it as being a bad thing. And so I tried it and it just, i couldn't do it it was like too painful and i was like well this doesn't work um and so i was like what can i do oh i i can cut my calories um and because i thought well it's funny and interesting it's actually something i battled because i'm like well I i thought everyone else was doing it so it was fine and at the same time i think the truth was and i put this in the book in real time as i'm actually writing the book if i thought it was okay why did I lie about right. eating? Why did I say I didn't? I had breakfast when I didn't. Why did I, you know, um are a secret about it. Yeah. Shame. You know, when I ha- yeah, it's shame, it's 100% shame like when cuz what I would do is I would try and eat as little as possible and then completely like be starving and so all of a sudden I'd eat a packet of biscuits and because everyone knew me as being skinny, mm-hmm. I, people just then used to give me more accolades about the fat because they didn't realize what I was doing. So they were giving me Like, oh my God, I can't, you can eat an entire bag, box of, you know, literally a box of cookies in one sitting and you don't put on any weight. You're so lucky, Lisa. And so my external validation came from that. yeah How I felt about myself came from that. And so I got into a very unhealthy relationship with food. I then meet my husband. And the thing is, is when I started to feel good about myself, my husband loved me for me. And so I started to feel very comfortable, much more in my own body, getting accepted. I started to accept myself. And then I ended up being the stay-at-home wife. And back to your question is like, this is when my bad habit came up. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone can relate right now at home, but that you have these cycle of things. I know some people that are OCD with like light switches and cleanliness. Mm -hmm. I have a few people in my life that are like that. And whenever I see it ratchet up, I actually now understand that it's something emotional. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that these types of bad behaviors come, not bad behaviors, but unhealthy behaviors come from, um filling in something else you know now I've just interviewed too many therapists to not know that. Yeah, yeah so yeah. looking back I realized I was unhappy I was you know a stay-at-home wife looking after my husband when I didn't want to I had bigger dreams and hopes and I started to look inwards and look to the things that made me feel good and so I started to get very obsessive about my weight again and my husband didn't know like, I, I wasn't saying this out loud. You didn't know? No. Like didn't you lose, like, a ton of weight, though? Or? Um, it wasn't really that. It just, like, yes, I got a bit skinnier, but it wasn't, like, I wasn't anorexic. I was the person that was just, like, running on the treadmill, right, for yeah. an hour, and then looking at how many calories, and going, okay, that means I can eat this many calories tomorrow. Right. So, it was just a very obsessive behavior, um... And I would, you know, binge eat, but we would just use, oh, it's a cheat day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you, you end up using the cheat day as a cover-up of the unhealthy behavior. And so, it, it was that It's a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. It
0: is. Um, How long were you doing that for? For God,
1: the whole eight on, years? Yeah, on and off. Like, I mean, when I look back now, it was probably on and off for at least 10 years. And then, obviously, before I met my husband, I was that. Uh, I was doing, you know, had an unhealthy behavior with food. And so... I was getting sick more and more because I didn't understand what I was doing to my immune system, right? 70% of your immune system in is in, your gut, in yeah. your gut. I didn't
0: realize that because I had no knowledge of it. And so I was getting sick. And so as I was getting sick- well, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt, no, course, interject, please. but I'm curious. Were you getting sick at the same time as you were still doing this oh, obsessive behavior? yeah, okay. yeah, So wait, was anything like telling you, maybe I should go, like, did you figure, did you know what was going on so, or?
1: No, and this is the power of the mind. We can trick ourselves into mm-hmm. seeing what we want to see, I right? Agree with and you. so it was like I was just like, "Oh well, you're being healthy. You're watching what you eat. You don't over, you know, you don't overindulge, Lisa, right?" And this is the mindset you're that exercising. I exercise. Yes, exactly. Right. And this is exactly what I'm telling myself. Yeah. So, well, your friend runs on the treadmill for an hour, so it's like it's it's not. It's, but what they don't see bi- right. but what they don't see behind the scenes is I'm eating 3 egg whites as my breakfast and freaking starving to get death and then my lunch is another 4 egg whites with green beans right and so it's like it's just I wasn't having food that was replenishing my gut and so I was getting sick and so as I was getting sick more and more the doctors were giving me more and more antibiotics yeah. and as they were giving me more and more antibiotics um I was just like, oh, okay, well, they wouldn't give it to me if it was good, if it wasn't bad, you know, or if it was bad. So I'll just keep taking them. Now, as this happens, I started to, that was the squirrel, right? That was the distraction every single morning. Instead of waking up and feeling badly about myself, or instead of waking up and actually looking at the reality of my life, and the reality of my life was I filled my days with like, today's the Costco day. Tomorrow is the clean the dog day. On Wednesday, it's wash the car day. On Thursday, it's cook day. On Friday, right? That was my week. And I would spread out my tasks so that I had and filled my days. And so... To the point of the squirrel every morning to fill the mind so that it wasn't looking at my day. It wasn't looking at how unhappy I was. It wasn't looking at how lonely I felt. Right. I did distract. I created distractions. And my distractions were you wake up in the morning, Lisa, where you've got to see how much you weighed because you've got to see if you succeeded yesterday or not. Right. Because that all will determine how I feel about myself. Yeah. If I lose the weight, I'm happy. If I don't, I beat myself up. I go back to the gym and I run on the treadmill. But here's the thing. It filled up my mind. It distracted me enough. And so that unhealthy behavior, as we started Quest, as I was thrust into the fact that I was shipping one day and then we grew at 57,000%. And then before I knew it, two years later, we've got 10,000 square feet of just my department (laughs) alone, 40, 40, zero employees underneath me and shipping out $80 million worth of product I'm looking around and my behavior started to change, right? Because I no longer needed the distraction. You were distracted with the other stuff. Exactly. Right. But now I was distracted on the grind, on the hustle. Right. On the work so hard because now I found value within myself. Right. And it spilled over into a different type of unhealthy habit. Right where I was hustling so hard, right. I burnt myself out so much that my gut got in such disarray. I kept getting sick, kept getting sick, kept getting sick. The doctor gave me antibiotics at one point. I even remember him saying this to me, girl. He was like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't give you this many antibiotics," but I still took them. And you know where this story ends is the dream comes true. Quest is a billion dollar company. We get the dream house. It's like the dream.
0: I Did you th- ever? I mean,
1: <laughs> but like the dream was like in the days that were really freaking hard. Yes. Tom and I would literally drive in our rickety
0: car that had a hole in
1: the exhaust. That, you know, I and it rattles. That
0: story. The Ford Focus. The Ford Focus. That
1: the steering wheel rattles when you go over yeah. sixty miles an hour. On the days that we were, were really struggling, as Quest was growing, we would drive around Beverly Hills using that as inspiration, right? Yeah. But what dream, what house are we going to buy? And I'm a 90s hip hop gal. Yeah. So I was like... Hints. even this hints, looks like, hints, like very my, my, 90s my, my yes, funny we packs saying,
0: packs I got on today exactly <laughs> um, i love it it's like very like mc hammerish oh thanks i was yeah. going for that yeah, kind of it's vibe. Working.
1: um so literally i was like okay what's that dream because to me i have to feel it it can't just be i want a big house like yes. i have to have an emotional feel yeah so i was like babe i want to get a house with a waterfall and when we get a waterfall i'm gonna get a bottle of Dom Perion. we're gonna blast some like hip-hop music and i'm gonna twerk for you and i'm gonna do our own private hip-hop music video mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was the dream. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's so hilarious.
1: Freaking dream comes true. We get the house, we get the waterfall. I have a bottle of Don Perion in my hand. It is the day we're celebrating. It's not even like it was close to, it was the actual day, girl. I've got the bottle of champagne in my hand. I take a swig in celebration and 15 years of bad eating, 15 years of taking antibiotics. Literally felt like it ripped my gut apart in that one moment of that swig of champagne. And that is where my life changed forever. That was six years ago. I've still been, as you know, you know, we've kind of met since then. That's been my health journey. Um, and I hid it and like, I hid it for the first year. I didn't tell anyone because I was ashamed. Like how on earth could I say about health issues? When we've, you know, I'm like co-founder of one of like the largest growing freaking nutrition companies in the world. world, And I can't even eat a product. And I was shameful. I was embarrassed. Um, And so that has been like really where a massive part of my growth has come from is in owning the story, in looking back and saying, it wasn't the doctor's fault. It was my fault. And that is empowering. Mm-hmm. And I know people don't like, like the word "for," right? Ownership, responsibility, whatever word you need to use. But for two years, I'm trying to get better after this happened. I mean, to the point where I couldn't stand up for longer than um, five minutes at a time. I couldn't wear a bra for more than three months because my stomach had protruded with inflammation so much. Like it got so bad, I could only eat around four or five ingredients. I'd lost 20 pounds. So I was 20 pounds lighter than you see me now. My hair No way. Yeah, my hair. I'll show you a photo. My hair was falling out because I wasn't, you know, eating because I couldn't eat. Um, My nails were brittle. I was feeling faint. So all of this happened because I'd had, in hindsight, I'd realized what had happened. Now, for the first year, I was trying to get better. I was blaming the doctors. Everyone was blaming the doctors. I can't believe the doctors gave you antibiotics. I was like, I know. Like... I'm They will fix right. me. I'm going to go to the best doctors and they'll give me a pill or they'll figure me out. After a year, I was listening to all the experts except for myself. And so when doctors would say, oh my God, you know, we've just done an allergy test and you say you only eat four ingredients, which was beef, lamb, coconut oil, and like salt, oh, and chicken. Um, they're like, Your your allergy test says that you're allergic to beef. And that was like one of my biggest staple items. They're like, so you need to stop eating it. And instead, you need to eat raw vegetables. Now, at this point, I'd been very okay eating fatty beef. And yet... I ignored my body. I was like, wow, the expert told me I should eat this. I stopped eating fatty beef. I stopped eating um, the fatty protein that I was eating, went to raw vegetables and it wrecked me for weeks, wrecked me. And from that point on, I was like, Lisa, you need to take ownership. If you can say it was me that did 15 years of bad relationships with food, it's not to feel guilty about it, it's not to feel badly, but just take ownership. Because if I can recognize I did that, if I can recognize the doctor said to me, Lisa, you know what? I shouldn't be giving you these antibiotics. Did I ever ask why? Did I go home and Google it? Did I do my own research? No. Did the doctor force feed me the antibiotics? No, I took them. That was a choice. Mm -hmm. And now the most beautiful freeing thing is if I can choose to take ownership over it,
0: I can now choose to get myself better. I can take my power back and use it for good. I love that. And that's a a great message too, uh, for people to hear. Now, how did you get over the food disorder though? I know you said you had another distraction Mm and like, are you over it? Do you still have bouts of it? I mean, it doesn't just disappear. Yeah,
1: no, it doesn't. And in that moment where I was I mean, not moment, it was years and years. I mean, I'm talking, girl, literally, like on my, the first birthday I had after my gut wreck, I was like, I'm not going to celebrate my birthday. And my husband's like, what do you mean? I'm like, babe, I can't even walk. Like I literally can barely walk, let alone eat a cake. Right, like that was the celebration, right? It was like, oh my God, the celebrations, the birthdays. And I was like, so what's the point? And he goes, babe, he's like, your celebration doesn't have to mean what you eat or like, even like what we do, he's like, I can give you a back massage. I can run you a bath. He's like, I can buy balloons. We can wear party hats. Like That's it so was nice. like, and so it started to make me rethink how I associated food celebrations, what those meant to me. Um And then I remember being in the gym and I was like, because I was trying to get like, I realized I actually missed the gym. And so I couldn't walk on the treadmill because I could barely stand up. Right. So as I started to get a bit better, I was like, well, maybe if I just start moving my body, because still my mind is still like, but you still need to burn calories, Lisa. Right. So I started picking up weights. And I'd picked up weights before and I tried to build muscle before, but never like, it was all in service of trying to lose weight, right? Right, right, right. But because I had been so weak in my mental state, going to the gym and picking up like five pounds, I was like, I actually... This is actually really good for my mind. Yeah, hundred percent. Now and you're
0: talking about now you're yeah, you're preaching to the choir, right? Right.
1: So I I started to make promises to myself. I just asked myself, like I'm always trying to ask myself non-judgmental questions right. to give myself space to just answer them honestly. Such a chapter I got called uh, in my book called "Open the Can of Worms and Embrace the Ick." Yeah, yeah. The yeah. can of worms is the hard questions, and the ick is facing all the things that come with asking that hard question. And so for me, it was like Lisa. Do you want to keep, like, do you want to be like this forever? Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I know. So even if I got myself better, what is my behavior going to be when I'm better? Because we all know, right, in the moments of pain, we'd be like, I'm never going to do this again. Like, oh my God, look, this This is where it's gotten me. And then we very much forget, right? Like, totally. I, I understand why we do it almost to like help ourselves self-soothe, but I never actually wanted to forget how bad I got. Because I never wanted to get back there again. And that's what I asked myself. Do you want to be back here again? And I said, no. I said, okay, what am I going to do right now that I can make sure I'm building the foundation so that when I'm better, I don't forget about how bad I am now. And so I started to go, okay, what are the things that I'm going to do now? What are the habits I'm going to start implementing into my life right now so that even if my mind wants to go there in future, I've already developed the habits to not fall into the trap of what my mind and insecurities may want. Okay, so what are those habits? All right, habits. I immediately ch- uh, trash the scale. I don't weigh myself ever, ever, ever. I have zero idea for real. Never. Yeah. Never. Okay. Oh, good. I haven't weighed myself since this happened.
0: Well, also because if people look at you, you know, you're so thin, like it's no, it, it's, like, it's very obvious, right? And so people's first thing is gonna be like, yeah, sure, yeah, you know. No. So that's the thing. So. I I am
1: only here and I need people to know who I am. You know who I am to my freaking core. I'm only here to to tell the truth. BSing anyone doesn't get anyone else anywhere. So that's
0: what I'm, that's why I wanted to bring that up.
1: Thank you. Part of why I'm this light though, is because I still haven't healed completely with my gut. So that's a part of it is that if I ate sugar right now, you give me three cookies, I'm in agony.
0: No, I saw myself. I know like you, like you cannot eat certain things. I can't, no. Yeah. So that's one reason why I'm unable actually to
1: put on, to get overweight. Now over Christmas, I actually was able to get on, like to get a bit squidgy, which I actually was like, I was like, oh, this is nice. I don't believe it. So here's the thing. It was important to me to embrace it. And I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it because I don't normally, because look, I'm so much, I've you, right, we're so alike, we've optimized how we show up every mm-hmm. day. We have these morning routines, these habits that set ourselves up yeah. to be able to go out and hustle. Huh? See what I just did yeah, there? Saying, um, and so the habits are the most important thing in order to set yourself up for success. I, I totally in agree day. with
0: you. This is why I want you to tell us so, how to, first of all, what your daily habits are, okay. so that doesn't yeah. happen. And the best, I was going to say, the best way to break a bad habit is to start a good habit. But go ahead. Yeah.
1: Sorry. So I just know When I'm working, if I have sugar, carbs, it affects my cognitive, like my, literally how I think and how clear I am. Because I went for, mm, I want to say at least two years. Is that accurate? I I never want to lie. I'm like, is that right? Um, It's like at least two years I went without having any sugar because I couldn't eat. So imagine two years of not having one bit of sugar. Or, pro, in fact, processed foods. In fact, I won't actually go even deeper. It was processed foods. All yeah. it, Everything was freshly cooked because that's the only thing I could stomach. Grass-fed was the only thing. I, like, it all made a difference. So now imagine when I, you don't eat like that mm-hmm. and then slowly you can. Now, when I eat a cookie, homie, I wake up the next day, my body, no, it can feel my, I have inflama- like inflamed joints. Like, I really notice the difference. I'm so in tune with my body. Right. So, if on Christmas I gave, I don't need to make business decisions. So I was like, oh, I can eat a cookie a day and I'm actually okay. And I, I will embrace the fact that right now I've made the decision that I don't have to be cognitively completely aware and actually don't mind if I joined her because I'm enjoying time with my family so I could eat more, Oh, uh, so I could eat um, sugar drought throughout yeah, the yeah, week. Yeah. So you do that for four weeks or whatever. Like I did put on weight and I, I, I loved it. Like I didn't, and that's why I like want to make sure that I actually say that out loud. And when I say I loved it, it's because I've done the mindset and the work to get there. Yeah. So back to your point of how I've gotten there, it was because I was so, I was so depleted and I promised myself, so what are the things I'm going to do? Like, yeah. What is the foundation? Okay, number one, the number on the scale messes with me. It does. I'm not even looking at what if i'm putting on muscle what if i'm getting stronger right like the different things instead of losing weight i want to get stronger just like the words i'm using in my head of like going to the gym how much weight can i lose today am i down in weight today all of that is very negative versus me going in like oh my god can i get stronger today can i lift that 7.5 pounds and i couldn't yesterday right like that is something that i could like it's me against me in the sense of like the strength and once i started to Adopt that, it started to change my mindset and how I started to think about things. So then I went to birthday parties. What what emotions do I have tied to food right now? And how can I start to unwire it and create new habits? So, birthdays now, I mean, look, I still freaking love dessert. And like on my birthday, even if I'm like, look, this may hurt my stomach tomorrow, like I do want a freaking piece of cake. And so I'm going to eat a piece of cake. Now I know. It has to be gluten free, it has to be soy free, it has to be sesame free. I mean, cake doesn't necessarily have that. Are in those it.
0: all the things that you're so intolerant to?
1: Yes. So, over the time, so first of all, it was what are the habits right now that don't serve you? Eliminate these habits. Yes. So, doing all of that, the weight, the, the scale, the look of staring at myself in the mirror, I would literally just stand there in the mirror naked and like look at myself and pinch all the areas that I hated and then tell myself what I was going to do about it. Like, all right, well, today you're going to freaking do abs for an hour or whatever, right? It was like, what are you going to do about this, Lisa? Now,
0: I like don't even remember the last time I just stared at myself nakedly in the mirror. Like, it's just. But how does then social media play into this? Because you're staring at yourself all the time now with the show. Because you're watching things back. Because you've said, you know, like you are. Like, you want to make sure that you are doing a really good job, that's what, again, one of the greatest qualities is your your ability to be able to hone in and Thank lean geez. in and be so, like your work ethic. Yeah. And then also part of your work is social media. Yeah. So how does that not
1: screw with your head? So now you've joined me to where I am today. Okay, we're not there yet. Well, then. only because all okay. of this that happened, I wasn't in front of the camera. None of this. This was so when I was behind the scenes. So you
0: were before this happened
1: healed ish so i was definitely all behind the camera i wasn't telling one we were still at quest at the time like i'm literally still posting we i remember we released in fact i don't know if i've ever told anyone this story i remember we released um the pumpkin pie bar
0: oh i like that
1: bar. and everybody had been asking for it for years and it was a massive deal in our company massive i mean it was like so many people had been asking for it so you can imagine huge i couldn't even eat it and i was so embarrassed and ashamed to tell people that I didn't eat it I was posting photos of me saying just ate my breakfast showed like right. an empty bar or an empty wrapper and so when we started to get into impact theory as I started to evolve as I started to really say okay my health is really bad what am I gonna do my mindset hasn't served me what is the life I want do I actually want to feel like this for the rest of my right. life um and then I took ownership over it. And so I said, okay, well, taking ownership over it means taking ownership over healing. What are the things that I can do? Stop listening to the doctor. Start listening to your body. So I went and got an aura ring because I was always tired. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to monitor myself how I'm going to sleep. I got a uh, continuous glucose monitor because I, I was like- Did need
0: levels to, you got? It? Yeah.
1: So I was like, I need to know. Um, oh, at the time, I can't remember. It was Dexcom actually at the time. Oh, 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 I okay. use levels now though. Oh, okay. It was like an old one. But it was like, I need to monitor how my blood levels are because I don't know how my body is responding Um, I started taking a food diary this is Mm -hmm. what ownership freaking looks like and this was the part of the mind shift is that saying Lisa do you want to be here again no how are you going to take ownership what are you going to do you're turning outwards you're looking at other people you know you can't get back here so all these things I just sat down and did and I was like I'm going to now start taking um, like a diary of all the foods and stuff that I've ate a journal a journal yeah yeah. 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 to the point gal where it was like woke up at 7am my orange ring says I woke up in the middle of the night four times my blood sugar level actually plummeted oh interesting it plummeted when it said I woke up but you know sometimes you don't realize you wake up in the middle of the night like have you got like so I was like oh I wonder if I'm having these like blood sugar dives in the middle of the night I'm not realizing I'm waking up it's disturbing my sleep and this is why I'm always tired so I started to experiment with what foods I was eating at what times I was eating them I I used to eat an hour before bed and then I would go to bed and so I started to I heard that when you go to sleep your body's digestion slows down so I was like okay well Lisa eat an hour and a half before bed try two hours before bed try three hours before bed and what I realised is in my documentation that if I ate three hours before bed I woke up with a great stomach if I went to bed two if I ate two hours before bed I woke up with a really freaking wrecked stomach yeah and so these things were things I took ownership I started to adopt I started to change my behaviour going back to the habit I started to see what was working okay eating three hours before bed I am going to now officially claim that Lisa. bit you, the steak in the ground is always going to eat three hours before bed. How do I create wow. this habit? That thing becomes the next step, right? So identifying the problem, making a commitment to yourself, putting that commitment down and giving yourself grace that you're going to mess up. Give yourself grace. That there are going to be times that you yes, may not that's get a there. Good idea. Yes. So, but now It becomes my favorite, one of my favorite movies, we want to go back to the 80s, is The Karate Kid. I know.
0: Wax on, wax off. You talk about that in your book. I do. I love it, Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi. (laughs) (laughs) I love Mr. Miyagi. So it's like, wax on, wax off. Prepare, practice, practice, practice. And it's like, exactly. It's practice, practice, and keep on tr- trial. Everything in yes. life is trial and error. Yes. You don't know what you don't know. And the only way to do that is to try. Yeah. Right.
1: And that's exactly what I did. So it was like, okay, I had my first skill. I was like, all right. or my first promise. Lisa, yeah. if you go to bed at nine o'clock every night, which me and my husband do on the dot, I have to now eat, let's say, at six. S- but I say six, but my last bite, because that's what I realized. Oh, Lisa, it's not start at six, because now it's not three hours anymore. It's, so I would, so I had to work backwards, going yeah. to a point about refine, right? So I was like, oh, it's not six o'clock. I actually have to eat at five thirty. Oh wait, hang on. i I just realised that if I eat at five thirty, but I eat at five thirty while I'm working, I eat slower. And now actually, I'm working and I feel a little stress, and so now it's actually upsetting my stomach. So even if I eat three hours before and I upset my stomach, that doesn't help. Okay, let me try this. Let me try eating. Let me try sitting down at five p.m. Let me try switching my phone off, and let me see how I feel then. Now, okay. Oh my God. I felt great. I was like, this is it. This is the optimal thing. Five
0: o'clock. Are you going to move to Boca Start Raton? Start
1: eating dinner at five o'clock. That is my thing. That is what I do every day now. I, well, in fact, I'm going to, that's a lie. So now, how do I create the habit? Yeah. Because I've assessed this is the thing that I, that serves me. Yeah. So how now do I create the habit? Cool, just tell yourself. Obviously, that didn't work. Before I know it, it's like, shit, it's six o'clock. I haven't even freaking started cooking yet. Okay, great. I'm gonna do start early. I'm gonna set an alarm on my phone. Okay, set an alarm on my phone to go at five o'clock. Then I realize I kept snoozing it three times. So it takes me to 5:30 again. So now I refine my habit. I'm like, okay, well, this didn't work. What am I gonna do next time? Oh, okay, what if I put it in my calendar as well? So now, now my team know that this is dinner time for Lisa. They can't call me. So it's it's this whole like refinement process. Then it's also telling Tom, babe, if you see me eating after this time, I need your help. So asking for help, people around you to help you with this. I literally asked my team, please try to, if you see that I'm talking to you at 6pm, remind me I need to eat. Like, and I've realized there's no shame in that. I've realized that my North Star, going back to goals. My goal is to eat and be done by 6 p.m. So how the hell am I going to get there? What are the things I have to do to make sure that I eat? So that's how I then took ownership, created the habit, refined the habit, then stuck to the habit. And now, but then the last piece actually is giving yourself the grace that if you fail. So sometimes, especially now with the book tour, it's insane. So what I do is I, A, make sure I've got food ready for me. So that the second I need to eat, I can. And then B, I just go, okay, give myself the grace that it's a different part of my life right now. I put my health first still, but if I'm still able to, and today, let's say I have to eat at six o'clock. Right. I've got the choice. I can either move my nighttime to, you know, 10 p.m. Or I can say, okay, Lisa, it's up to you. You can stay up later. That's going to cause you to maybe be slightly tired. Or you can go to bed and risk your stomach hurting. But the great news is I know. I know. There's no like, oh, I can't believe. Why me? The ownership part of it, the whole part of this, right, is the fact that I was able to do the work, create the habits, see what works for me, and then refine it and then use it as like my superpower.
0: Yeah, and that's... and also you, you're, then you're in control of exactly yeah. what, 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 what the end result would yes. be.
1: And that's, thank you. Sorry, if I don't mind. just no. a The control part is I felt so out of control when that happened to my gut. Right. And that was the thing. It's like, it was, I was ignoring the signs. I was ignoring the red flags. And you better freaking believe now I'm taking back over control and be like, I've identified now what those flags are so that in future, if I see one, I have the power to actually recognize it and Absolutely. pause.
0: So what is your nightly routine? And and then by the way, are mm. you never eating dinner with Tom or is he eating? Oh no, we don't eat dinner together. Like what time is he eating dinner? Oh yeah, so we so we made an agreement as yeah. husband and wife
1: and as business partners that Monday to Friday... Um, he can eat dinner by himself and I can eat my dinner by myself because we've got different habits. You want to know what time he... <laughs> well, Yeah, what time? 2 p.m.
0: He eats dinner... Okay, he's probably doing all the intermittent fasting and the fasting because he's also biohacking all the time, Yeah, right? he
1: does it as well. So his
0: last meal is at 2. Uh, yes, except
1: Friday because I was like, babe... I just like sometimes just hanging with you Friday evening and watching a movie and having some food. And so he's he breaks his 2 p.m. fast um, for me, but then he just wakes up the next day. So because it's Friday, he wakes up on Saturday and eats later. So, so wait, the 2 p.m. Fa- wait, so if his, are you
0: saying his first meal or
1: his last meal? So is his that- last meal is usually at 2 p.m., but then he wakes up the next morning and eats very early. Yeah, yeah, But if yeah. he pushes the 2 p.m. to, gotcha. to, yeah, to yeah, eat yeah, with me it. at 5 p.m., right. then he'll eat
0: his next meal later. And so, okay, so getting... That's Sorry, yes. Yeah, so no, no, no. It makes sense. So then on the weekends, what happens? Do you okay. guys eat at 5? So, no, the weekends are slightly different. And also, I can't believe you have your phone off the entire weekend. Yes. So... To your point of
1: everything, so how do I show up in front of the camera and not have unhealthy behavior with food? I want to make sure that I really answer that because that was such a powerful question in all the habits that we're talking about. Is that everything that we're saying with these habits, with adopting like, okay, um, there's, there's things that I know about my body. So it's not about, I don't want to be obsessive anymore. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to be like, fuck, I'm not eating at 5 PM, which is why I've, I know how to optimize myself. And when I mean that, like, I know how to show up. So I don't have an upset stomach. So I'm right, not tired no, and that I'm, I'm feeling strong. And now I can give myself the grace that if days I want to stay up late, I just know what's going to happen the next day. At least you're not going to be as sharp. Great do i want to be a sharp no okay cool go to bed later like it's yeah, not about yeah. being obsessive because i used to be obsessive about the timing of every like i'm oh okay okay um in fact the world of bodybuilding i was definitely trapped there six meals a day and i would be starving because i wasn't having fat and stuff so i was eating oh. six meals a day but i was starving and if i was starving at 1 54 p.m And I told myself I'd eat at 2 p.m. I wouldn't eat until 2 p.m. I literally would be watching the clock and I would wait for the clock to turn. And that's how that's obsessive I got. And so now I want to make sure that I'm not turning a blind eye to my health. That doesn't like compute, right? So I'm not saying like, don't care. I was like, no, no, no. I care about how I shop. I care about my health. I care about my mindset. What are the things I need to understand about it? And now Give yourself the grace to have a happy life and to do the things right. that serve you. And so on days where I just want to do, eat a freaking cookie if I want to, and I know I've accepted it's going to affect how I show up the next day, then do it. That's the point. It's not like, and that's been very deliberate
0: on my part. Um No, but that's, that makes perfect sense to me. It really does. Uh The weekend. The weekend. Well, we're getting, wait, because we're still on this that we're getting, oh, I'll get to yeah. the weekend after, but I just couldn't believe it. I looked down, I'm like, oh my God, I... I remember you told me that a long time ago and I was like, is that is she for real? And well, yeah, I guess you are for real. Uh, So then what is your nightly routine? What is your morning routine? So I've optimized
1: these to... Assess who I am, Lisa Billion, because I used to look at the outside world. Oh my God, you know, okay, I do this. And well, if that person does it, right? If Jen, Jen Cohen does it and I freaking admire her and she's a freaking badass, then I must do it too. And if I do it and it
0: doesn't sit well with me, I would keep doing it. Yeah, that's a who lot I used of to do be. That. Exactly. And it didn't serve me. That's, so, why, that's why I want to make sure that the understanding is. You have to do a lot of trial and error for mm-hmm. you as an individual because what works for you doesn't necessarily work for this person or me. And it's not about there's too much information out there, it's overwhelming. Yes. And then people just like copy what other people do. Yeah. And in detriment to themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: when I talk about my journey, when I talk about all the things I've yeah. learned, I try to then say, and what is this for you? Right. Right. Like the aura ring, the, the glucose monitor, all of these things. Were literally just so that I could understand my body. That was it. Like, like there, I was yeah. like at that point, I didn't even have an like a, a strategy. I was just like, I just need to know what's going on, exactly, because this person is telling me to eat this, and I'm blindly freaking
0: eating it. Do you? Are you by the way, are you still eating raw vegetables? So um, I
1: I don't eat raw vegetables as much anymore. Okay. I can stomach a bit of them, but just like anything that's raw, it just is a little harder on my stomach, and so I just know like. Yeah, yeah, you you know,
0: know, just have the note. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. Um, Nightly routine. So Nine yes. So I'm saying in bed, everything that. that
1: I'm doing. That so everything I'm saying is I want people to really listen and then see what that version is. So literally, if someone's got a health issue right now, take take away the judgment that you've got the health issue. That's going to be number one. Get a pen and paper or an Evernote app or whatever you use, and just start to just assess. Like right now, even I would even say for a month, but at least for a freaking week. All you're doing now is giving yourself the grace to do some self-assessment of where you are currently. Right. Then you say where you want to go. So if it's, I want to do a YouTube show and I need to show up and I need to have energy. Okay, amazing. Now you've just said, I need to have energy. Great. In your self-assessment, what you're looking for is how many hours sleep is optimal for you. What do you need to eat that's optimal for you? That only comes with self-assessment. So the tactics I think that, I'm, that I did is universal, right? It's like monitor how much you're sleeping, mm-hmm. assess why, monitor your diet, see what happened. I mean, to the point, I was actually, and I'm just going to say this because it was very empowering for me. In my assessment, when did I go to the restroom? What type of bowel movement was it? And how did I feel the next day? like those things as well because i had so much digestive issues it was like i realized i wasn't like i was going to the restroom every four days and then it and then it would flip and i would go four in one day so it was like so but then to start oh you know what lisa when you eat beef you become more regular you know what coconut oil oh my god when you have coconut oil for dinner you actually wake up and you seem happier Right, like just freaking identify right. those things. You gotta be
0: pay you gotta be paying attention though. Which is why you need to write it right. down. Because you do not pay attention. No, you you're right. Or also I think self-awareness. Because even if you could be writing things down, but those things may not be occurring to you because you're not paying attention. You're yeah, not paying yeah, attention yeah. for those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I find. But you're like super dialed in. So then does that mean so, you're in bed at nine o'clock? So or he, you're sleeping at nine o'clock? Yeah,
1: so lights out. Ding nine o'clock. So me and my husband, again, we've been together about 22 years, about to celebrate our 20 year an, wedding wow. anniversary. Yeah. And so we communicate on everything. So writing this book, Hey babe, this is what I'm going to be available for. This is what I'm not going to be available for. He says the same thing. And in our relationship, I'm the one that is the, um, what's the designated, um relationship Danger f- wa- a flag wave or whatever. I don't even know what yeah, I would yeah, call yeah. it. Because um I I believe I notice when we're um slipping apart more, like we haven't connected yeah. more than he does. And so he admits that too. So now what we do is I'm the one that's like, hey babe, we haven't really bonded over like, you know, it's been like six days or whatever. I really feel like that we need time together. And then we'll just reconnect. Um, But Monday to Friday, we wake up, I kiss him good morning, and then we get on with our day. We have business meetings, we have one-on-ones, but it's all business all the time. Um, And then when we shoot together, we shoot together, but then we have... So dinner, because we eat different times, again, I used to get upset, if I'm going to be honest. Said, babe, you're not eating dinner with me anymore. And so he's like, okay, well, what are we trying to do in life? And that's where we sit down and we go, oh, okay, does it actually make sense for us to eat dinner? And it's like, oh, no, actually, what I was just about to ask you actually would have hurt our mission. So, yeah, forget I even said that. And when it's important to me, yeah. and that's the thing. In our relationship, if I use the word important, I'd say, babe, if this is it's important, we eat dinner, tonight. He will drop everything. So knowing that you've got
0: that. The communication is so vital. Yeah. And you guys have very, very strong communication. Yes, If you can teach that, because I think that's where people get really, really stuck. Yeah. And that becomes a really bad, that becomes the the, the down yeah
1: a hundred percent um but because we're like so into like biohacking ourselves and because of my yeah. own health issues um he loves like trying to optimize his life as well and so when you've got someone that geeks out over that stuff with you totally so like our temperature when we go to bed is at like our room is at 67 degrees because that's the optimal temperature yeah. that you're supposed to have the sleep um he sleeps with tape over his mouth oh he does he does i don't there's a part of like I'm kind of worried, like the claustrophobia yeah, like a that's, little bit.
0: I know people do it and they think they say it's it's like a game changer, but it just seems a little weird yeah. to me.
1: He's he's sworn it's a game changer. So it's one of these things that I'm like to ignore it would be to be dismissing something that I could be using as a tool to help me show up better the next day. So I recognize and I I've given myself grace right now especially as the books like if that ruins my sleep i'm not going to be happy yeah so i've just told myself this actually may be better for you but right now i'm actually not willing to test it so i've just told myself once the book is out then i'm going to test it which is fine um but the rule of the house so yeah again i always make sure i stop work at 8 p.m now i'm saying that okay with some caveats so my I have a rule of how Lisa shows up all the time and then sometimes it's just not doable and I won't beat myself up over it but my rule is I need at least an hour to myself every night. And what do bed. you do in that hour? Um whatever I want. Pluck my eyebrows, watch friends on reruns. Um literally just whatever you want. Whatever I want. It's usually kind of just like hanging out, like I don't I don't go on social media. I try not to do any of that. But it's usually just like watching a crime show or something, yeah. to be honest. Like, you know, Tom comes in, he's like, serial killer documentary. And he's like, how do you sleep at night? I can tell you, every girl, like, I know, it. I it. That, that's
0: why those shows are like number yes. one on every yes. streaming <laughs> network. And it's all the
2: girls. The girls are even watching it. Oh, it's my crazy. husband, he's
0: like, babe, this show gives me
1: anxiety. Oh, it's so funny. He's like, you've got a woman screaming and you've got like... And you're riveted. Yeah. yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I I'm like, babe, did you hear what happened? This guy... Like The whole Ted Bundy thing, I don't like, know ta- yeah.
0: how many documentaries I watch on Ted Bundy. I don't, I, I'm, I, I'm like fascinated yeah, by me him. too. Have you seen The Staircase? Yeah, uh, oh, you should watch it. Maybe I
1: can't remember. It's is scary. that Netflix?
0: It is Netflix. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think I might have. Yeah, I just watched so many of them. I, mean, I, I know, it's like you get confused, <laughs> yeah. but um, so, so does, he, does he go to bed at nine then? Two? So, yeah, so we get to bed, we we'll go to Both bed at the you. same time, okay? Um, but that so the hour for me that was go. I used to feel so guilty when we were working at Quest. There was no way. I, I yeah. mean, I stopped drawing, which is my, my creative I space. I would never give myself permission to um, hang out and watch TV on a weekday. Like, no way. That means at least you're not working hard. That means you're lazy. That's how I used to think. Wow. But now, because of everything that happened, and I want to make sure that I still answer that uh, earlier question, it's like the thing that I make sure that I do, like how how I don't allow the body dysmorphia to penetrate my mind is I make, I don't focus on it. I focus on all these other things that make me feel good about myself. So I focus on getting my hour of self-care time at the end of the day where yeah. I get to watch my serial killer things, yeah. right? Like <laughs> I, I focus on those little things. Yeah. And so, but even that, because of the book right now, there are moments where I'm not getting to bed at nine and I'm not getting able to have the hour to myself. And I've just given myself the grace to say, okay, Lisa, you're in this period right now but I make a promise to myself, I won't spill over because of my gut. So where is that fine line? And so now what I do is like, if I have to stay up later, I'll stay up later. But my gut, I will listen to. Right. So if my gut starts to hurt, if I start to get a stomach upset, if I'm not able to eat, like those are big freaking signs and I literally will stop everything and say I'm not working until I can get my health back on because I know where that leads to.
0: Right, and it's a priority of And yours. it's a priority. It's a non-negotiable.
1: Exactly, which is why the nighttime practice is just as important as the morning, which is very interesting how yes. a lot of people
0: focus on the morning right. routine. But you, you get set up for that. Oh, this, hun- The setup yeah. is always... Is the yes. most important thing. Yes, I know. I don't. I, I. never really understood that too because if your nighttime is off, your morning is yeah. off. Just yeah. Just naturally. So what is your morning then? So, what time do you wake up in the morning? Yeah,
1: so I'd never set an alarm. So that's part of your nightly routine yeah. because if you go to bed at a decent hour, yeah. you don't have to set an alarm. Now, so many people would be like, how the hell do you do that? I'd never wake up in time. It's slow progress, right? It's like, I used to go to bed at 1, p- 1 a.m. just to give people an, and then wake up an alarm. Yeah. So it becomes a incrementally go to bed earlier on days you don't have to set an alarm or just get in bed at 8 p.m and it's like if you have to sit lie there awake for an hour then you lie there awake for an hour like you're never going to get to where you want to go unless you start somewhere yeah 100%. so the night before is in bed lights out temperature is important oh and the one more thing to add is tom and i do not share bed sheets what do you mean we have our own duvet covers separate duvet covers
0: no way. Yeah, I like almost
1: can't believe people don't do this. Like
0: it, like it makes perfect sense. Like I can't like,
1: believe people shared brilliant blankets. Like,
0: Wait. Okay. Do you have your own star? Is your mattress one of those? Eight no, sleep- okay, no, right no, no. The-
1: okay. Although he's saying that he does have one of those cool. What are they call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have so, one of
0: those. I didn't love it. Um, yeah, he's got one on his side. I don't know. I don't remember because I got cold every night with it. But oh, yeah. I know they're very popular. So he has one of those on yes, his side. Yes. So you don't share duvets. Yep. Because that's so smart, though.
1: Different body temperatures. Oh, God. Like my husband has is six foot and has testosterone. I'm 5'1 and have estrogen, right? Like it's like I mean, look, obviously we both I have testosterone, it's it's more complicated than that. But the but point close being, enough. that's amazing. Yeah. But the point being is your body temperatures are different. And then also, I love snuggling my blankets and I'm I'm selfish in bed like selfish, selfish like, that came out wrong <laughs> we're gonna keep it exactly oh, was, it is. that was an amazing line oh, selfish in bed. oh my god no, no. i want that I as love a gift that. girl yes. i'm selfish in bed
0: <laughs> that'll be a meme i'm yeah. gonna give you yeah that's
1: hilarious so yeah so we basically just have different body temperatures go to bed before nine uh, at nine p.m i don't set an alarm tom gets up at like 3 30 in the morning he doesn't set an alarm. That's just the time his body wakes up. In the morning? I wake up at six. So just to give you an idea of how different even those are. So by the time I wake up, he's already done three hours of work or whatever. And what the
0: hell is he doing at 3.30 in the morning? Dude,
1: he works 120 hours
0: a week. Oh, I. you know he, what? We literally calculated that the other day. One hundred and twenty. Like, so what does he do at 3.30? Th- I got to get him back on this works. podcast. He works. What is he doing? So, well,
1: we're we're building out our web three division of our company. I mean, he runs the business. What time does
0: he, he work shoes.
1: out? He has like three shows a week.
0: Yeah, he works. Like he, he's like he is a beast, though. But,
1: and here's the thing. In fact, I know that we've got to go. This is one of these very powerful yeah. moments, though. It was hard for me to separate myself with his work ethic and my work ethic. Because here's the thing. To your point earlier, like, oh, work hours. But he 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 makes me look like I'm a lazy, lazy. bum. Oh,
0: he makes anybody look like yes. they're lazy, though. But
1: now I'm oh, mu- what shit. I used to do is try to keep up, and I saw where that happened. Oh, right?
0: that's a very good point. And so now
1: I have my whole evolution over this, the last six years that we've been talking about my gut issues. I've really worked, and it's been one step at a time. You so try to keep up with him. I used to keep up with him, yeah. So what I so now I just say to him, "I'm stopping work at eight p.m." please not come to me with work things after that. And Would he work until nine o'clock? Oh yeah, he has headphones. He brushes his teeth with his headphones in because he's listened to either an interview or a podcast or a book so he can learn. He literally brushes his teeth and this was one of the rules that I had with my husband, actually, because he would go to bed. He would keep his headphones on. He would tape his mouth and then take his headphones off. And I'm like, you haven't said goodnight. You haven't said I love you. And you won't even hear if I say I love you because you've got your bloody headset on. So, but here's the thing. I love my husband. Right. He wants to optimize his hours. I'm not going to hold him against that until it starts to become a problem in my relationship. And that's when I'm said to him, you take your headphone, please, babe, I would love it. If at 8.58, you took off your headset... You gave me a kiss on the lips. You told me you loved me. I told you I love you. And then you do your taping or whatever. And he's like, of course. So anyway, we just like, we just discuss what the problems are. And we but that's the communication
0: again and your acceptance. And you understand, you want him to, to be the best version of himself because he does yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. That's what makes it work. And the other day, actually, it was probably a few months
1: ago as I was gearing up for like the book and all of this he said something to me and he was like, well, you just have to do this. Like, that's why you're not succeeding. And he was like, you just need to do this. And I said to him, but I'm not willing to do that. And he looked at me and he was like, one of the first, like, and he was like, what do you mean? And I said, what you just suggested, thank you for your advice, babe, because you're right. Like, in order to succeed over here, that is what I need to do. But I've actually decided I'm not willing to, because of that I've recognized it's going to spill me over into my being detrimental to my health. And so, but what I went into and I was like, so please don't make me feel guilty. And as I said that out loud, I was like, hang on. I literally, in real time, I was like, but so please don't make me feel guilty. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I was like, sorry, babe, my guilt has nothing to do with you. Actually, it's got to do with me. And I was like, Thank you for giving me your advice and I've heard you and I've decided not to. Because I was telling him not to say it. Yeah. Because in him saying it I was feeling guilty, but now I'm putting my emotional reaction on him. Right. But as my partner, we've made a promise to each other to tell each other when you're acting when you're not acting in accordance with the with the goal that you said you want and the person you said you want to you want to be. So he highlighted it. I paused. And I took on that myself and I said, this is for me to process. And this isn't, my guilt has nothing to do with him.
0: Right. Um, And keeping people at a high standard though, by calling them on their, on their shit or accept or or understanding when like, I I think that's such a great, this should be like a relationship. You guys, I I, I, (laughs) I mean, I know you guys do this anyway, but there's a lot of like life lessons and all of this stuff that you talk about with him and your relationship, but Then you wake up at what time then? Six o'clock? So yeah, so
1: I wake up at around six o'clock. He's the one. um, And then I, I, first thing I do is I kiss him good morning. Nothing happens until I kiss my baby on the lips good morning. And I give my little baby girl, my little fluffy girl, um, a a kiss on, I was going to say kiss on the lips. She kisses me on the lips with (laughs) it cuteness. Um, And then I make my coffee. And this is one of our relationship things is know your partner's language. My partner's language from my husband, not from other people, but from Tom is acts of service. And me me really, him showing me that he's taking time out of his day to do something for me. Usually it's spending time with me, but from Monday to Friday, he can't. So, or we don't. Um, So what he does every day is he boils my kettle for me. Every day. Without fail. And so I wake up at six in the morning, I go downstairs, I give him a kiss, my kettle's all nice and hot. I have a cup of tea. I thank him because I feel considered. I feel thought of, because he's bought borrowed my kettle. That, that's literally all I need. Like I have literally felt the love in my heart because he's done that. Um, I take okay. my headset, I take my coffee, I go down to the gym, I do an hour in the gym. I usually do um, around 30 minutes to 45 minutes on like weights. Um, I never stepped full on the treadmill ever to all, all weights I, now. Yeah. Always yeah. for like years and years and years. Um, yeah, I can see that. I can see why for sure. And I literally just say, what, what muscle do I fancy working today? What did I lift last time? I'm going to see if I can bench press this much today. And I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't do that. And like the other day, I was like, I'm going to do a little um, push-up a challenge. push up challenge. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that literally was like, I just want to have fun today and the weights aren't doing it for me. And so I just gave myself like, instead of getting back into the habit of, but you said you were going to do weights. No, no. Because every time I go to the gym now, I don't think about how much weight am I going to lose? How much am I going to run on the treadmill? I just say, what is the fun I can have today in here? And so sometimes... It's lifting very heavy. Sometimes it's like standing on the balance ball and just trying to balance yourself for five minutes. Like I just—that's how I've shifted my mind so that I don't slip into the bad habits. The bad habits. Of if someone literally, if someone yeah. called me fat now, let's just say they did. I don't think that. But it would, would be. But here's the point, right? It's important to know I cannot let external people opinions thoughts impact what I do and how I think of myself and so that's why I go into the gym and say what's the fun I'm going to have now and then freaking music girl I will sing at the top of my lungs to the point where Wookie started barking like recently where like she could hear me all the way upstairs and I was all the way in the gym and I was singing because singing is so one like it just like makes me happy yeah I'm and so, so I totally I totally understand that and so that's part of my morning routine because I've moved my body. I've strengthened my mind, not and then my body, mm-hmm. the mind part first. And I've got my body to move. I've listened to music. I've got to sing out loud. There's something about the energy of singing out loud. Like you said earlier, right? I'm a I survivor t- yeah. by Destiny's Child.
0: Love that. Get yeah. those
1: freaking lyrics in front of you and or- sing them to your
0: heart out. Exactly. Or find a song that you like. Yes. One thing we didn't, well, and this is also, um, you can read Lisa's book and find out more, but you talk a lot about boundaries in your book because Mm -hmm. that's how you also can achieve, like to make sure that your non-negotiables are being met and how you can prioritize certain things. Because when you let outside, like you were saying, external forces, uh, Kind of penetrate where then you can't actually achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. It becomes that's that becomes a downfall. Yeah. But you talk. I mean, this has well, been going forever. I'm so sorry. No. Go. You fucking. I'm loving changing Oh, but this um, is me. I'm sorry. This is like hours on.
1: Oh, and in fact, so you need to reread one of the chapters, girls, that talks about stop saying
0: I'm sorry. I know. I'm always saying I'm sorry. <laughs> the funny thing is, she's actually being very polite. I was going and, to, I was, was gonna say there's a whole chapter on don't say I'm sorry. But, but always say you're uh, sorry yeah, yeah, yeah. the other thing I find so intro- well there's a lot of things but I'm always saying I'm sorry because I know I have to pick up my kid and you have to pick up so- or you try yeah. to go somewhere I just want to
1: add one thing to the boundary thing because yeah. that was so strong I just want to make sure that that takeaway message is very strong is that the boundaries to my health was imperative for me to put in and to your point I now shut the phone off on the weekends I literally shut my phone yeah. off I understand people come but the point being is no one will fight for your self-care and your mindset than you. No one will find more than you Nobody will. And they'll
0: find ways to like be like, ah, it's so stupid. It's not not a big deal.
1: Yes. So right now I want people to even just say, even if it's 30 minutes, make a commitment to yourself that for 30 minutes, you're going to do something that makes your heart sing. I don't care what it is. I draw. So that's why I switch off on the weekends. I have my piece of paper. I have my pencil and I just draw. Now, of course, when I first started switching my phone off, everyone had conniptions girl conniptions you can't switch your phone off and i just i stuck firm because i was like this is what i need for my body and my health
0: yeah and a great in one. staying
1: firm what ends up happening is it's so funny people do this first they'll push back then they'll accept it and then they'll praise you for it and then then they'll be inspired by it say that again i think that's exactly
0: what happens they first push back yeah they first push back then they'll
1: accept it then they'll maybe praise you for it and then they'll be inspired by it. Or the other way, they would be inspired and then praise you. But that was exactly what happened. Yeah. Everyone said, there's no way you can switch your phone off. What if I need you? I just said, well, let's go through the scenarios. What would you actually need me for? Okay, well, what if someone dies in your family? You immediately ping Tom, of course. Well, what if it's someone in your business? Well, people have Tom's phone number. So if it's an emergency, I'm with him. But what if it's someone that something happens Well, if they don't know someone that knows Tom, then I'm sorry, you're not close enough to me Mm -hmm. to warrant myself disturbing my self-care time. So I stuck to my guns. It wasn't easy. And that's the thing, because you have no idea how freaking petrified I was to stick to my guns, But I knew why I was doing it. I had my why. So I kept sticking to it. Eventually, now, you know what people say? Well, Lisa, I'm not going to bother you on the weekend because your phone's not going to be on and it's your self-care time. And now other people are starting to do that for themselves. So again, an incent doesn't have to be a long time, but you have to make the commitment. You have to stick to it. You have know, and you have to just know no one's going to fight for it more than you. So if you don't fight for it, you can't expect
0: other people to respect that boundary. I love that. Okay, where do they find you? Because we've got to get out of yes, here. Yes.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I freaking love you, homie. I love you too. So much. I, thank you so much, for I, I me really
0: on. do. This was great. And well, first, tell Okay, yeah. Tell sorry. Where okay, yeah. I, I got to tell you, I love you first. Come
1: on now. <laughs> that's more important. Um, go to radicalconfidence.com. And um, there's a whole bunch of like freebies, bonuses, like some really good stuff over there. So if you go to radicalconfidence.com to get that, um, if you pre order the book or buy it in the first week, and then um, Lisa
0: Billu at. On Instagram, on Twitter. And Women of Impact on YouTube. ah, Come on, girl. girl. I love this. Okay, bye.
2: Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle. From nothing into something. All Out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast. Powered by Habit Nest.